0: Hello and welcome to Little Things with Ann Pearl Swenson. Today's episode is called, Christ is Enough, and we're going to be talking about forgiving ourselves. But first, let me tell you a little bit about me. I have been writing and teaching Bible studies for the past 15 years. I've worked with women, youth, Sunday school, I've been blogging for Time of Grace since 2017, I've written two books for them. Really what you need to know is that I love the Lord, and I love the Word of God. And I find that the deeper I go into the Word of God, the more astounded I am that He loves us and that He notices us, and that He cares so deeply about our lives. And my role is really to get people into the Word and to show them how awesome it is and to really get them to a place that they want to know and love God more. That's kind of my mission in life in a nutshell. And hopefully by the end of this episode, you are going to be convinced that your past sins have no reason to hold you down, and shame and guilt cannot paralyze you anymore because Christ is big enough for anything that you've done in your past. So let's get started. First of all, I just want to acknowledge that a lot of times when we have been caught in a sin, we don't come out of that quickly. There are times that people can turn from their sins immediately, but sometimes it's a process. And that's what causes a lot of the sin and guilt, or the shame and guilt, sorry, in our life is that we may have wasted a lot of time um, being caught in a sin before realizing that that was not God's way or that's not the way that we should do things. And so a lot of time was wasted. We may have hurt a lot of people's feelings. And that can really weigh us down. So look, for instance, at the prodigal son, the parable that Jesus told us about. The son took everything that his father was willing to give him for his inheritance. And he went off and he partied. And his brother clues us in later that he spent his money on prostitutes. And for a time, you know, I'm sure it seemed really fun and very satisfying because sin is very satisfying for a time. That, that is the lure, right? If it wasn't satisfying, then people wouldn't do it. Um, you know, we're told that the devil masquerades as an angel of light. He makes the temptations in front of us look very good. Look at the temptations that he put before Jesus. You can have all the kingdoms of the earth. Um, that seems like a pretty nice deal. You can be comfortable. Use your power to be well fed. Um, of, again, that sounds like a, an okay thing. Like that's something I kind of want, especially when I'm hungry. Um, so Satan really traps us into these things that for a time and for a season can be a ton of fun can be very satisfying, and can really bring a lot of pleasure. The problem is, is that if they're against God's will, which all sin is, then we know there's a reason that God tells us not to do that. That is not the path of abundance. Um, God doesn't tell us not to do things because he wants us to be depressed and sad and miss out on a ton. He actually gives us commands because he really wants to bless our lives. So the prodigal son finally wakes up and realizes that this is not the life he thought he would have. He has no friends. The friends were gone when the money was gone. He is hungry and he longs for that abundant life that his father can give. And when he comes to his senses, he goes back home. So Through the process that God takes us through to get us back where we need to be, we a lot of times realize that we have burned a lot of bridges and that we have hurt people that we shouldn't have hurt and that we didn't want to hurt. But because we were trapped in our sin and trapped in that wrong thinking for a season, we did. So the first thing that I want us to realize is I want to realize us to realize that when we feel shame and when we feel overwhelming guilt for things that we have already repented of, so I'm not talking about sins that we are currently doing or sins that we haven't repented of, and and then we should feel convicted and we should feel that guilt and that guilt should move us to repent. But when we feel shame and guilt Or even accusations like, who do you think you are? Do you really think that God can still love you after all you've done? Or um, if anybody knew the things that you have done, nobody would ever want to be a Christian. Those kind of accusations, all of those things are not from God. Let me prove it to you. So Zechariah chapter 3 begins with these verses. Then he showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan standing at his right side to accuse him. The Lord said to Satan, The Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is not this man a burning stick snatched from the fire? Now Joshua was dressed in filthy clothes as he stood before the angel. The angel said to those who were standing before him, Take off his filthy clothes. Then he said to Joshua, See, I have taken away your sin, and I will put fine garments on you. Do you see where those accusations come from? They come from the exact same person who tempts us into sin to begin with. Satan loves to pull us into sin and then accuse us because we fell. I think once we understand that our shame and our guilt And the accusations that we hear in the middle of the night or in those times of weakness or when you hear a song from your past that brings you right back to that phase, those are not from God. That is Satan using any tactic he can to paralyze us and make us absolutely useless in the kingdom of God. And we need to make sure we don't fall for that because that is not God's way. Psalm 103 tells us God's feelings on the matter. Verse 11 and 12 say, For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. God says, listen, my love is measureless. You are unable to measure my love. It is wider and deeper and fuller than any measurement known to you. And you know what? Most of us can't measure how far it is from east to west because east and west eventually meet. We can't measure how far God has removed our sin from us. Those are God's words. God took our sin away. He doesn't mean for us to dwell on it and to feel useless because of it. That's not from him. That's from Satan. So first of all, we have to remember that if we are stuck feeling useless and we can't get over what we have done in the past, that is Satan. So shut Satan's voice up in your head. Don't listen to it anymore. Open up your Bible and listen to God's word and listen to how God feels about you. Because guess what? He loves you. And he has forgiven you. The second thing that I think is really important for us to remember, there's a meme that says, you are not your mistakes. You are not defined by past sin. You had an abortion. That doesn't mean you're a murderer for your whole life long. You were an alcoholic or a drug user. You were. I know that in AA and Um, when you go through treatment, they say, you know, you once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. This is something you're going to have to deal with your whole life. Yes, great. But you know what? A sin at one time in your life doesn't define who you are before God. How do I know? Because Peter, who was a disciple of Jesus, wrote, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. So I know that when God looks at us, He sees us as chosen and royal of great value, of great worth. We are holy. That means our sins are removed from us and we belong to God. So whatever labels the world may put on us, that is not God's way. Look at the thief on the cross. What label did he wear? Thief. And what did Jesus say? Today you are going to be with me in paradise. So, you know, let's not define ourselves by our past and by the mistakes that we've made. Let's not do that. Let's define ourselves as chosen, beloved children of God who are forgiven. And then let's forgive ourselves for that. Robert Tew, T-E-W, was a former rugby player and he said this, Strength of character isn't always about how much you can handle before you break. It's also about how much you can handle after you've been broken. Again, look at the Apostle Peter. Peter is talked about more than any other disciple in the four Gospels. And if you look at him, he seems to really put his foot in his mouth a lot. He's usually saying kind of stupid, silly things. He's doing things that aren't anything to be proud of. And it sort of culminates on the night that he denied knowing Jesus. So he had just said, not long before, that he would do anything for Jesus. He would go down and die for Jesus if he had to. And within just a few days of saying that, a servant girl asked if he knew Jesus and he denied it. And pretty soon he's cursing Jesus. And he's telling everyone there, look, I don't know this guy. I don't know why you all want me to be associated with him. That's not who I associate with. And Peter finally left weeping bitterly. So that was his breaking moment. The moment where he was completely and totally broken. And he may have felt that his ministry was over. He may have thought, how can anyone who denies their Lord ever go on to do anything valuable in God's kingdom? But again, that would have been Peter's thoughts. Those weren't the thoughts of Jesus. Because when Jesus rose from the dead, he went to see Peter. And then before he rose and ascended into heaven, he made sure to let Peter know that he wanted to use him. And on Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came on the disciples, Peter boldly stood and confessed who Jesus was. And that was just the beginning of him being a pillar of the early Christian church. So you know what? Yeah, maybe you were a strong person before you fell into sin. Okay, so that broke you. Who cares? Get up. Keep going. Don't let that define you. Don't let that be the end. Can you imagine if a quarterback was sacked in the middle of a huge game and after they got sacked, they decided to go pout on the sidelines for the rest of the game? Nobody would think very highly of that, right? We are in a battle. As long as we are on this earth, we are in a battle. It's the kingdom of Satan versus the kingdom of God. And God needs all of us to be warriors So let's not be totally and completely sidelined by our past sins. After you break, get back up and stay in the game. And then one more quote to share with you. This is from the reformer Martin Luther. He said, So when the devil throws your sins in your face and declares that you deserve death and hell, tell him this. I admit that I deserve death and hell. What of it? For I know one who suffered and made satisfaction on my behalf. His name is Jesus Christ, Son of God, and where He is, there I shall be also. I was at a place in my life where I couldn't quit thinking of my past sins. I just kept going back to those mistakes that I made, and they would come up. I'd close my eyes at night and I would be reminded of something I did, and I just felt worthless. And I had been in this season for, I, I don't know how long, a couple of weeks, where I just kept thinking of these things and I thought, oh man, this is useless. How can I do anything in God's kingdom? And I finally realized that what I was actually saying is that Christ was not enough to cover my sins. That what Jesus did on the cross was great and it was good and it did a lot of good. But if I continued to feel the shame and the guilt, then clearly what I was saying is Christ's sacrifice wasn't enough. And once I realized that, I realized that is not where I want to live. And I don't even believe that. That's a lie. Christ's sacrifice is enough. It covered every sin that every person has ever done. So that that lost all of its power. And once that lost all of its power, I could say with Martin Luther every single time that those thoughts of past sins came up, I could say, you know what? I did it. I admit it. But Christ died for that. So I'm going to move on. There is power in the Word of God. And we are told in the Word that if we resist the devil, he will flee from us. So all we have to do is say, I'm not buying your accusations. I'm not falling for that anymore. Maybe you got me to fall for that the previous six times that I'm done. No way. My past sins are in the past. And I'm forgiven. And therefore, I forgive myself. And I'm just going out and doing battle every day. That's where it's at. I hope, my friend, that you can learn to forgive yourself, because Jesus wouldn't want you to stay in a pit of shame. He wants you, like the prodigal son, to come home to his father so he can wrap his arms around you and tell you, listen, that's over, it's forgiven, let it go. This has been Little Things. Because in God's kingdom, the little things are the big things. If you know somebody who here needs to hear this message, would you share this with them so that they can have the freedom and can experience the fullness of living in the forgiveness of God? Don't forget, we are listener supported. So if you appreciated this message, please pray for us here at Time of Grace. And if you're able, send a financial contribution so we can share this message and others like it with many more people.